You're listening to The Bunker New York, live on RBMA Radio. Hello, you're listening to The Bunker New York on RBMA Radio. I'm your host, Brian Kasnick. Today we have a special guest for the first time on the show, Ulysses, who just released his second EP on our label, The Bunker New York. The name of the EP is The Feelings EP. And Elliot says he might play some tracks from the EP on the show. So I might have to play them later on. Uh, he's going to do the first hour or so here with a DJ set. And then we're going to do an interview and I'm going to play some records later on. He's also going to be uh, joining us with a DJ set at a party we're doing at the Transpicos Backyard on Monday, July 4th with Kasem Moss live, personable live, our resident DJ Mike Servito and Ulysses more info on that at thebunkerny.com and now we're going to get right into the mix with Ulysses this is The Bunker New York on RBMA Radio
you're listening to The Bunker New York on RBMA Radio. Been in the mix with Ulysses since the top of the show. Right now, one of his many, many unreleased tracks. Um, I guess I was going to get into this later in the interview, but we might as well do it now. Um, you've, you definitely give me more tracks to pick from for the EPs on the label than anybody else I work with. So I was just curious about your process... How much time? I mean, how much of your time do you spend making tracks? Because you're you're a dad now. You have, a, mm-hmm. you know, adult lifestyle job. Yeah. But you still make <laughs> more music than a lot of my millennial artists. Um. Well, I don't know. I mean, process-wise, in a, in a in a way, the kids and the family help because I only have a couple of maybe a few hours every day to make something. And so I'm really motivated to get something done in those few hours. It's not a situation where I have all this time in the world and like, oh, you know, I kind of feel inspired. I'm going to do something. It's more like, all right, the kids are in bed. It's nine o'clock. Let me go. Yeah. I mean, there's a saying, if you want to get something done, give it to the most busy person, right? (laughs) Yeah. Don't get it done. Exactly. Well, you know, I'm also, it's like a combination of a a regular schedule and a somewhat obsessive personality. So, you know, I feel like I, I, I get into these grooves where I just kind of like, I have an idea in my head, I have to get it out. And I guess part of my process is iteration. So I'll kind of rework something and rework something and like I'll remix myself and then I'll remix myself a couple of times. I think you've seen that lately. Yeah. (laughs) Just because, because I'm trying to get to something. And, um, you know, I'm not that kind of artist. And I know these, you know, they do exist. These artists who go, oh, I want to make something like this. There. Yeah. <laughs> it's more like, you know. You're just making what you feel like you need to make. Yeah. And, I mean, how much do you even care if the music, like, reaches other people's ears or is widely released now? Is this, like, it doesn't, it doesn't really feel like that's the function of your music making it the like we're we're putting out your music you have other stuff Mm -hmm. coming out but it it just seems like something that you it's like your art right like it's what you have to do in a way yeah i mean i care but um i'm i try not to let that get in the way of making the music because if i care too much it becomes too precious and then you know in a sense when it be i feel like when it becomes too precious then you can't you can't really work with it anymore do you know what I mean? I'm not sure if I'm making any sense, but like when it becomes like when you sit there polishing this little nugget and it becomes this shiny little nugget and somebody else is like, that's a cool nugget, but it'd be great if this happened. Well, yeah, you know, then... I've, I've definitely experienced that with some of my artists and also just straight up like, well, I know you've spent six months polishing this nugget, but right. it's actually just not very good. Yeah. And I'm... I feel like when you're making as much music as you are, that's, I feel like I can not tell you it's not very good but just like oh i'm just not into this one i don't feel like releasing it and you're not you don't seem super upset about it whereas some artists who send me three or four tracks a year get really upset about each mm-hmm. rejection yeah i mean i actually whenever i send out a demo actually i tell people feel free to tell me if it sucks <laughs> because i don't want to be i don't want to sit there chasing after people going did you hear it did you listen did you think it because you know I think a lot of people don't like conflict, and when there's something they don't like, they just say, ah, it's not for me, and I'll get around to responding to them someday. It's like, yeah, no, yeah, yeah, it's, really, no, it's, it's better just to hear yeah, something. Tell, tell me no now. I'm not a passive-aggressive person. Tell me no. I'll go, okay, and I'll move on. Right. So, um, 
let's see what else we want to talk about here uh so you do you're back on you're on the radio today you have Mm -hmm. uh like many people i know you have a college radio history yes (laughs) yes I, i i actually started i started i think i was the first person to broadcast techno in new orleans where i was living for college back in 1991 What's with New Orleans and techno? I've, I feel like yeah, I forgot that you were there. Mm. I feel like I've had this conversation many times with people where it's kind of this notorious party city mm-hmm. where you would assume that there's things happening, parties happening. But yeah. in my 15 years of running a booking agency, I've never booked an artist or even had like a nibble to book an artist in new orleans what's what's up with that well you know they've it's partially because they've they've got their own thing like there's a real long history of like funk bands and pop bands and all that kind of stuff like country fried rock and all you know so there's plenty of people with outlets to go dance around and you know there are people that do techno there and house music and stuff like that and there has been for a long time but um i mean i don't know if you remember the whole what was that the uh there was a case in the mid 90s about busting up raves using with donnie yeah whatever yes. his name was donnie yeah. yeah i went to i mean co- i went to college with donnie okay and so he um you know it was this there was this a rave there was definitely a, a a um a rave scene there for a while and they were throwing bigger and bigger parties and it was a lot like the rave scene everywhere else where they would bring in people from nearby cities they would they had a little southern rave circuit for a while but after Donnie and that thing kind of faded out, they tried doing the nightclub thing, and it just, I don't think it really took the way it took in other places. But it does happen, you know. It's also, I don't know, it's a lot, it's like, it's a little more democratic there. Um, oh, this song is pretty much over, by the way. All right, cool. Okay. <laughs> Time for a bed. So this was, yeah, this was an unreleased Ulysses track. Anybody out there with a record label that wants to release it, it's up for grabs. Yeah, give me a call. <laughs> Hit him on Facebook. Um, and I think next we're going to play a track that is the B2 on your EP that we just released last week on mm-hmm. The Bunker New York. It's your second EP from us. Um, not yet. Yeah, uh, it's okay. It's just like noises for a little while. You can. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Mix it in. Um, so what was the, the process of making that EP? Um, at the time, I was... Well, I guess I'm still doing this, experimenting with distortion. Okay. So I had put a couple of... You know, I put a couple of beats together, and I was thinking, like, I wonder what would happen if I ran this through this, you know, distortion pedal I have, and then ran it through another distortion plug-in, and then distorted that yeah the, <laughs> the a1 especially is just yeah over the top distortion yeah. and i think the best possible way really i mean i tried to keep it musical you know because yeah. the, the worst thing is just listening to feedback but um yeah i just I, I mean that's kind of that was kind of the inspiration um and the and you know one of the nice side effects of distortion is that it kind of self-compresses things so your tracks sound really beefy and amazing so I just ran something through distortion and it said, oh, this is great. I could totally run with this. And Yeah, it sounded pretty massive. And I think you knew you have this. Usually when I get tracks from Ulysses, it's not some people are like, hey, 
here's this one thing I'm working on. Here's a three minute snippet. What do you think? Right. You're like, here's 13 new finished tracks. Yeah. And I remember you put that one, the A1 that you played earlier in the set at like, it was the first track. I think you, I think you kind of knew that that was going to be the cut. Yeah. I mean, in my own defense, because a lot of people don't like getting 13 tracks in the demo. The, um, I mean, I know you, so obviously that's not an issue, but yeah. Yeah. You know, I make a lot of different styles of music and I try to put different things depending on, you know, different moods on there, different styles. But yeah, when I finished that one, I was I, I was thinking, you know, this thing kicks and I'm sure Brian's going to be into this. So, yeah. And then I remember the B1 was kind of the floating track for a long time. Yeah. It'd be like how I know I want I knew I wanted an EP around that track, but I didn't know what right. else was going to go with it, which is kind of a backwards way from the way that I work with some people on EPs where they're just like, here's how I envision the EP. It's mm -hmm. done. Right. Which I like. Yeah. I actually, I appreciate the um, creative director aspect of it. <laughs> you know, I mean, uh, cause I make a lot of music and I'm too close to a lot of it. And so it's good to have somebody with an opinion who can say, these are the three tracks that work great together. And we're with releasing these. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, I was trying to think of when I first met you, because I remember we worked at Open Air together, but I yeah. feel like I knew you before then. Maybe it was the parties at Fun. Like I remember seeing IF yeah. at Fun. Were those, what, where where did your earliest parties happen in New York? Hmm, I think Scatologics was my first real entree into throwing parties, and that was 95, 96, I want to say. That was my, I mean, if anybody has followed me for a while, you'll notice I use Scatologics all over things. It's, it's, um... Yeah, what's that about? It was an open turntable party. So, I, I, I found a bar that was perfectly willing to have random strangers play on their turntables for half-hour increments, and I just had a, I would show up at nine, I had a sign-up list, anybody who came, first come, first serve, got signed up to play, and they could play whatever they wanted for half an hour. And I did that for about four or five years. And, uh, that was great. It was like, you, you would have some really bizarre things. And, and I'd also have like a guest play just to bring in a couple of other people. Oh yeah. Now I remember this party from when I was doing like the beyond events list and listing this stuff happening. I remember yeah. open decks plus well, some guests that you've heard of. Yeah. I mean, you know, we had, we had some great people play. We had Lenny, well, hilariously we had, we tried to have Lenny D play a couple of times. He, canceled a couple of times he finally showed up one time he brought um uh, what was his name manu something this hardcore dj to fill in for him yeah he couldn't yeah, do yeah, it. yeah yeah we had you know frankie bones adam x you know um drum and bass guys like db and dara and you know pretty much a lot of like downtown this was the strange era of new york when i got here i got here in 97 when the vast majority of electronic music that was happening in new york was happening in bars yeah which is seems kind of strange now because we actually do have some proper places for this music again but then i mean i didn't know any better i arrived in new york and just like all right everybody cool is playing in like right. bars and lounges yeah i mean you would have junior sanchez playing at limelight you know yeah or you know but then if you were doing something interesting you were just playing wherever and uh, sometimes <laughs> it was a bar, you know, or there were, there were a lot of these kind of like half bar, half nightclub kind of places too, where they were, they were really nightclubs, but actually licensed as bars. Yeah, they weren't. Yeah, exactly. 
that place on there was that place on like 10th street with the big fireplaces what was that um not grove milk bar no that was yeah that was like i think that's where blind barber is now right like on the north side of yeah. anyways we're just gonna Indeed. sound old exactly <laughs> there were a lot about my my wired telephone yeah <laughs> oh man <laughs> speed dial buttons <laughs> um yeah there were a lot of that i mean there were a lot of bars in the east village and lower east side that's where the culture was then it's it's interesting to see how it's grown mm-hmm. and then of course we worked together at open air yeah for a brief period i think that was pretty brief for both of us uh but for me it was actually my introduction to like that's where I met Magda and Dan Bell and mm-hmm. BMG and Mike Servito and yeah. Sammy D and Zip and a lot of things that kind of got me started. Yeah, that was a classic. That was a classic nightclub masquerading as a bar. Actually. Yeah, totally. Where I, I mean, I remember we brought in Theo Parrish to play, and he was so angry because we, <laughs> you know, the volume was at two, and he wanted it at twelve. Right. You know? He was ready to party. And yeah. we were like, the neighbors are going to complain, and then the cops show up. Yeah. It's still kind of like that, actually, mm. even even with a lot of the clubs. Um, so what else do I have here? So you've become a dad. You bought a house. You have mm. a real job. Like, how, how, is, how has all that changed the role that music plays in your life? Mm, it's... It's, uh, it's more fun now, you know? It's more... I enjoy it more. Because there's no pressure to make a living off of it. There's no pressure to, you know, run the rat race. It's more like I have my couple hours every night and I can occasionally go out and see something I'm interested in. And otherwise I don't have to engage with it whatsoever if I don't yeah. feel like it. I think it's I think it's way more pure in a way, actually, and way more honest. Mm-hmm. Um, because you're not, I don't know, you're not this young kid just making music because you want to have a career which i see Mm. a lot and a lot of times that's like absolutely the worst music coming out right is somebody just making it for the sake of a career well you know you get you hear you hear something you really like you want to learn how to make what you really like and then you decide i'm gonna make a career of making that song but yeah it doesn't always work out that way yeah there's a lot of that uh so you're a member of the neurotic drum band yep John Selway. Uh, is that still an active project? What are you guys up to? Um, it's less active than it used to be. John also is working a job and has a kid, and we find it harder to get together. But we may, ha- I mean, we have actually another release coming out. It's going to be a digital release on Throne of Blood. Okay. With a, a, a nice batch of remixes. That's, and I'm not sure exactly when that's coming out just now. We're still kind of putting it together. It's really hard to say when, I can say as a label owner, like when release dates are because the pressing plants are incredibly slow well actually that shouldn't matter if it's a digital only release yeah i think it's just a matter of making sure we everybody who got got sent parts delivered their remix right um so we should talk about this gig you're playing on monday for this party the bunker you're playing with personable which is m getty's gangrus mike servito and kasem moss also playing live that's in the trans picos backyard uh, as we mentioned earlier, you have a brand new EP on the bunker that should be in digital and vinyl shops everywhere right now called Feelings. Mm-hmm. Um, anything else recent or coming up that you'd like to shout out while we're on the air here? Um, just the, I mean, I almost, I have a, an album that's in the works, but it's taking a really long time to come out so i almost hesitate to say i'm going to have an album come out this year because it probably won't be this year is that the album for three did that yeah i thought that was 
done years ago. I finished it years ago, yes. But it's good. Okay. So it's it's not of it's not a matter of finishing the album, it's a matter of that album coming out. Yeah. Cuz I remember when we put out your first EP, we were trying to make sure that it didn't come out at the same time as the album and that would have been like 2000 15, wow. 14, 14, 14, 2014. Yeah. So don't hold your breath. <laughs> yeah, I guess but, there wasn't a problem. Yeah. But it's it's coming. I mean, we have remixes. We have everything. It's it's ready to go. Okay. So, so stay tuned for that. Yeah. Sometime. 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 Um, Welcome to my world. Yeah. Well, thanks for joining us. I know we have to get you off to a dentist appointment. Yeah. The world doesn't need to know that. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, we're not getting him off to a dentist appointment. He no. has something like really cool to do right now. Super, gets, super trendy. Yeah, super on trend. Yeah. Uh, well, thank you for joining us. Uh, you're listening to The Bunker New York on RBMA Radio. It's been an interview with Ulysses. And I'm your host, Brian Kasnick. And I guess we have about a half an hour left. So I'm going to play you some tunes after this uh, Ulysses cut plays out. Thanks oh. for joining us, man. Thank you.
Hello, you're listening to The Bunker New York. It's your host, Brian Kasnick. Just wanted to read back a couple of the tracks. This right now is uh, Zemi17 with An Army of Crickets off of the EP released on The Bunker New York a couple months ago. Before that, some unreleased Jason Loveland, new mysterious producer from L.A. who's going to be appearing on our show from L.A. uh, on July 21st. So check that out and uh started the set off with the b2 off of the wada igarashi ep coming on the bunker new york very soon in the next couple weeks uh we're here for 20 more minutes stay locked this is the bunker new york on rbma radio
Listening to The Bunker New York on RBMA Radio. I'm your host, Brian Kasnick, playing you some upcoming stuff. This is uh, Adam TM, Chemistry, still unmastered. This will be a release on The Bunker this fall if we're lucky, this winter if we're not. Generally, we're not, so I'm going to say this winter. We've got five minutes left in the show. Uh, Join us next Thursday. This is a weird uh, two weeks in a row because we do first and third, and this is the fifth. So we're here next Thursday with a set, an interview with Patrick Russell, who uh, released Remix EP on The Bunker a couple months ago, played The Bunker Showcase at Bergheim, played at Labyrinth, closed out our 10-hour Bunker times the Unter party and we'll be playing at the next bunker times the hunter party so that should be a really special show tune in for that next thursday 4 to 6 p.m uh i'm gonna let this play out and then i think i'll have a couple minutes at the end and i'm gonna play a little ambient cut from the upcoming romans album on the bunker new york again this is the bunker new york on rbma radio